Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Finding My Voice. I am going to do this episode in a bit of a reverse order. I usually talk about myself, my transition, and then something roleplay related. But I will do it the opposite way today and you will see why. First of all, I am going to introduce a character I haven't spoken much about, if any, I'm not sure. I will speak about her today anyway. Because t- topic the topic today will be pushing our friends in positive directions, good or bad. <laughs> so I'm going to start with a role-playing version. I'm going to talk about my character in a D&D campaign named Sufilde. Now, the Game Master told me when I was creating the character uh, that uh, the village I picked for her home village, a fishing village, uh, had a culture that was a mix of Germanic and Greek culture. So I just figured I'll take a bit of a naming inspiration from both. So I took Sophia from Greek culture and um, Brunhilde from uh, Germanic culture and made Sophilde is my uh, storm sorceress uh, and I made a, a I had a, a picture commissioned of her she looks pretty awesome she's got this uh, lightning scar on the right side of her body the way I designed her I actually when I was gonna play with them I first thought I'd make a, a happy healer character but as soon as I came there and announced that I'm gonna play with them a friend of mine who was there who I just recently finished playing uh, a vampire campaign with where I played Nell, the really, really rude and uh, and uh, violent gangrel. And she said, yes, I want another Nell. And I'm like, all right, I had something like the opposite plan, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try this out. So I, I created Sophilde, who, who's, she's very edgy. <laughs> like go back to, to a previous episode where I talk like, where I'm in defense of edgelords. Yes, but yeah. Sophilde is a bit of an edgelord. She's a very negatively charged character, but she has a reason to be. She's got a traumatic past. Uh, Her magic awakened in her in a very violent way, caused her lightning scar, and a lot of bad things happened, which she has a lot of guilt for and a lot of hatred from. And so she is a very destructive force bent on revenge and other dark things I'm not going to reveal because some people might get spoiled. Yes, there are still secrets in the campaign. But yes, she's a very negative force, very um, self-destructive and criminal downright. And so I created her with a purpose of uh, having somewhere to grow and, and realize the error of her ways. But she couldn't do that alone. She would need like an intervention. I didn't require an intervention. Uh, I could have had a tragic story and that would be fine. But I felt like the characters I was playing with would have intervened in her behavior because they were good people and they wanted to be Sophilde's friend. But they were letting some horrible behavior slide and I was kind of wondering why. We are currently in the second campaign with this group and they are right now starting to kind of kind of get in under her skin and that's because of other circumstances i will get to that Uh, first i'm going to get to a tangent Uh, i am out for this group now i wasn't when we started and i have a very funny story about coming out to one of them by mistake actually someone who was just guest playing in the very beginning of the second campaign 
we were going to play at her place and I had never met her before and I was the only one that was on time. I was actually even early and everyone else was late. So I hung out with her uh, for like an hour or almost an hour before the others would arrive and we'd never met before, which was interesting. Um, but the funny thing that happened was that we had spoken briefly in a messenger group and while we were talking, she suddenly just asked me if, like, what what pronouns I preferred and how she should treat me and what it was like. And she apologized, like, I've never really spoken to people like you before. When did you realize that you weren't to people assigned? And, and, and I just, it just blew my mind because I wasn't out. I was there as my dead name. And... I was just getting dizzy, almost fell over. She's like, how is she asking me these things? She's right, but she shouldn't know what is happening. And so I I explained it all. I told her, like, who I was, and, 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 and it was fascinating. And then eventually, <laughs> eventually she asked, well, what about the name? How did you pick Sophilde for your name? And I realized that the reason she figured I was trans was that she hadn't realized that my name in the messenger chat had been my character name. So it's just a big misunderstanding, which turned out to be right, which was hilarious. But I wasn't ready to come out at the time. So I just, all right, all right, this was a mistake. So, okay, okay, could you dial it back when the others arrive, please? <laughs> Oh, gosh, it was funny. Okay, where was I? Yes, Sophie Lay and her negative tendencies. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the, it got really dark in, in places. And everyone, like the, the other characters, they did talk about this as a problem and tried gently saying, like, you could talk to me if you have issues and maybe I suggest a better path but they were very gentle tiptoeing around it but nobody actually wanted to put their foot down and tell Sophilde that come on what are you doing this is wrong you know it and I think that might be just a human tendency we have like eventually later on I did tell them like I created this character full uh, fully knowing that people might disagree with her and I invite uh, conflict about this and they started gently doing it now what opened up eventually uh, for her kind of doing her part opening up for her direction was that we got a new player with a new character who has a similar past um, accidentally by the way she had no idea about my past when she could nurse but it's a character who's covering up her body um, as well and she has fire burning burn scars and she's she's tense about talking about how her magic awakened and so me as Sophilde look at her and I relate, which makes her uh, makes me makes me a little more vulnerable and a little more susceptible to the attempts of getting under my skin. And since they are making more of an effort, since I invited them out of game, we are actually getting somewhere now. I'm not complaining. The story is wonderful, and the fact that it took long to get under Sophilde's skin is not a bad thing. I just have to wonder: is is this a tendency? that we just don't want to step on each other's toes. Because it, it would be natural to challenge Sophilde on her terrible behavior, but 
they as players would feel uncomfortable with questioning how I choose to play my character. And yes, I should have been clear in the beginning. We should have had a session zero, but this was slightly before that became a thing. Yes, I should have been clear at first. I think people are uncomfortable with confronting characters about these things because they don't know whether or not I as a player would be okay with it. And maybe asking me would feel like criticizing my choice to play her that way. And I don't want to play like the whole negative edgelord thing. I make edgy characters with the purpose to give them opportunities to bloom, to blossom and grow. I invite the conflict that can make that happen. But I should have been I should have been very um, open about that and tell everyone in the beginning that hey, if you have an issue, if your character is an issue with my character, I invite the talk. I'm not going to go in too much into too much detail about Sophia Day. I don't think anyone in the campaign listens to this podcast, but there are some spoilers. However, if any of you asks questions um, about Sophia Day or ask her a question directly. I might just have to answer it because I love doing that and that's how you can get find out about Sophilde. Alright, so that was a role-playing story and that has to do with what I'm about to talk to transition-wise. Because when you have a friend you know is trans but not out to other people or not out to you but you suspect, how much is it okay to encourage them to come out to you or to others. Is it ever okay to out someone to someone else? The standard answer to this is no, and I have to stand by that. It is true that you shouldn't ever, ever do that. But there is a complicated angle to this. Like the outing others, that's easier. That's an easier um, line to pull. My friend, my the first friend I came out to, she did a few missteps and outed me to a person. Um, and she felt bad about that and told me much later. But the person she outed me to, I was secure with. So in that sense, it wasn't an issue. But it could have been. So she took she took a big risk. Uh, someone else out of me to another person, which did cause an issue, and they couldn't have known that. So yes, it's a good rule, never out someone to anyone else uh, without t- talking to the to the outed person, the soon-to-be-outed person first. Never out anyone against their will. And if you're listening to this, um, you who uh, outed me and then said sorry and was feeling really guilty... I don't have an issue with you. You've helped me so much because the other part of this, the not outing part, the encouragement part, you did encourage me. And I know you had to drag me kicking and screaming. You were quite gentle, but you kept inviting me. And and that helped me a lot. And, and just in the beginning, I was kicking and screaming. It was scary, and sometimes I felt, no, stop, don't do this. This is horrible. I was just scaring me out of my mind. But in retrospect, I kind of wish more people had pushed me because I came out at a very, very late. And I've wasted a lot of years, and the process is so long, especially in Sweden. Oh, if I could have come out earlier, it would have been so much better. So here's the thing. It's very hard question to answer. When is it okay to push your trans friends to come out? The first and obvious answer, it's never okay. But 
for me, I would have been better off if people had. The thing is, you never know in advance. That's the problem. And if you push someone to come out and something bad happens, then what do you do? It's it's a it's a complicated issue. But let's talk about it. Because there are gentle ways to push. And I think the friend that I spoke about did it pretty well. She it, it was slow, but eventually, like eventually when I had opened up quite a bit, she asked me, like, I would really like you to come out to your sisters and I will help you if you wish. And sometimes she said, Would you like me to just be a bitch and and pretend to out you against your will, but you secretly want me to? And I'll, I can I can take the, like she wanted. And I, I didn't want her to do that. So like, no, 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 don't take the fall. <laughs> like, thank you for the offer. Uh, another thing she did was invite me to the New Year's Eve party where no one else knew me and I could be out fully as myself. And I did. And it was the first time I was out. I think I spoke about this in the episode about seeing myself for the first time, and that was amazing. So yes. That was wonderful. So, so so that's a good way to do it. Just provide opportunities to come out. Suggest gently, but not push. That That's a good way to do it. But there's another way. Uh, it's a little cheating, uh, because with the first friend I was talking about, I came out to her and, um, well, I knew her long before I came out to her. And if she suspected, and you don't know how much to push, if you suspect someone's trans, you know, you can provide them with um, uh, a very secure environment. I do this, actually. I've helped some people come out. And what I do is, like, I talk about my own situation and then just offer them gently, hey, would you like me to just try a different pronoun for you when we're in, in private, just to see how it feels? It's, it could be fun. And if they say no, it's fine. I don't push. If they say if if they're tentative, I'll try again later, <laughs> still gently, and eventually they want to do it, and it's wonderful, and they find themselves, and it touches me so much, I get so happy. But okay, the other one, um, I am going to talk about how Frida gently pushed me, and yes, I can say your first name. I have and I have now asked her if I can see your name on the podcast, and she said, yes, you can use my first name. And Frida is the person uh, who plays Venya in the Vestmark campaign that I talk so much about. She's also the person that uh, that I spoke about in my New Year's Eve episode, the one with um, uh, that's titled, uh, what is it? There are no words, so sing my joyful tears. I love that line. That's from the poem in the episode. But yes, uh, her name is Frida. And she's always been there for me, and she's amazing. Um, and you've you, you probably listened to the episodes where I came out of them, that kind of thing. Um, but there's one amazing thing she did, and I didn't realize until much later, quite recently, that she did this. And I am not entirely sure that this was a strategic point, uh, strategic um, a choice on her part. She might have just been being her wonderful self and that helped me but there's one specific thing really if you're listening i'd like to thank you for this specific thing i don't think i ever have before and that's when we started hanging out outside of game and i went to your place for movie nights and for dinners and and game nights you know board games and i was not out in public yet I was out to you and the Vesmar group and some other people. And of course, I wanted to be myself in your place. But um, I would have to sometimes come to you from work. 
where I wasn't out. So I said once, all right, um, so I'm going to be coming from work. I'm going to keep my other clothes and my, um, my makeup and my wig. I had a wig back then. I don't anymore. But I will need to change at your place. Is that okay? And she didn't flatly say, no, it's not okay. But she sounded a little hurt. And she said, I... I don't want to see you as your dead name. I don't want to meet you when you're suffocating yourself. I want you to be you when we meet. And she kind of framed it like it was for her, but of course it was for me. And it just really, it felt, it was interesting. It's it's so hard to describe, but I don't want to. She's, we were speaking Swedish. It's hard to translate, but I don't want to meet you when you're not you. And she wasn't talking about role playing. Obviously, we role play all the time, but she didn't want me to be that identity that was hurting me because she didn't want to see me in pain. And, you know, when you've lived for so long with so little self-worth, you just think pain is something that you're meant for. And when I realized that me being in pain hurt her, it, it really helped me speed my own process of coming out up a lot. Now, it would be quite a while before I came out officially, but I started coming out to more and more people after that. I mean, this was the time that I started walking outside as myself because, yeah, sure, okay, I went from work, I stopped at a coffee shop and used the restroom to change and then walked as myself to the bus or the car or whatever and I walked a bit in town as myself outside which i had never done before apart from when i was uh, with my other friend in denmark where i was never at a risk of meeting anyone so that was safe but here just so i could arrive at frida's home as myself and be me as she opened the door for me i just walked through town as myself and that was revolutionary and i don't even know if Pushing me to that was the purpose of what she was doing, but she succeeded in something so phenomenal. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to like take credit away from her because she has been so wonderful in so many ways that have definitely been intentional. I don't know if this one was. I think that was just her being her wonderful self. And, uh, yeah, that's... A Good suggestion. This is a complicated issue. When is it okay to push your friends? And yes, like I said, the common answer is no. And there's a reason for that. But well, with outing, it should still be no. But with pushing, it's so much more complicated. I wish more people have pushed me more. But... Of course they didn't because they respected me. Just like in the role-playing game with Sophilde. They feel like pushing me might have been rude. Uh, and it's hard now in retrospect. Because I was kicking and screaming at the time. But oh my gosh. I so wish I'd come out so much earlier. And both the friend I was talking to in the beginning and, and Frida. 
I have so much to thank you for. It took a long time, but I'm finally here, and I think if it hadn't been for both of you, it would have taken longer. And, of course, I have a lot more people to thank, not just you two, but... But in this in this particular topic, oh, this has done so much for me. <sighs> wow, <laughs> no roleplay talk, and I still cry. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I think I'm going to sometimes start talking about a roleplaying game that I have decided to develop. I have some really cool things about that. That's going to have to be an episode in itself because uh, otherwise it's going to be too long and I still have some kinks to work out before it's ready to talk about in an episode. But stay tuned for that. I am going to create a roleplaying game that is designed to encourage the kind of wonderful emotions that I experience in the Westmark campaign. So that's awesome. Um, thank you for listening. And both, I have to ask my other friend if I can use her name too. But both, yes, you, red-haired red -haired person who invited me to the New Year's party in in, in 2019. Thank you so much. And Frida, thank you so much. Oh, gosh. Um, my heart. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, I love you. Have a good day. <laughs>